Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you. And today is Friday, November 27th, Black Friday. And Week 12 is upon us. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving holiday. And today we recap a really strange week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Multiple coaches will miss Sunday's game against the Browns due to COVID-19 concerns. The thought process and reaction to Mike Glennon getting the start at quarterback, plus an insider's perspective on what the Browns have to offer. Let's start with a recap of last week's loss to the Steelers on Jaguars Happy Hour Monday with Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and yours truly. It's a struggle right now. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli joining us on the program and uh, 27 to 3. Now nine in a row, guys. What's up, Pete? Tony? I have, I have breaking news real quick. Just breaking news. We can, just, we can actually change a segment on the show. <laughs> Um, I have the Jaguars now last in the uh, AFC power rankings after, no. they, were, after they were third last week. So <laughs> they oh moved God. down again. Oh boy, they're they're officially last. Where, where I'm do sorry. you have them in the Where do you have them in the league? That's the question. Thirty uh, first. Thirty first, but uh, you got your fingers crossed that they're thirty second by the time the by the time the season ends. <laughs> Uh, it's not pretty, JP. And, you know, every Monday we get on here and we say, oh, we're going to say the same old things again. Well, yeah. the reality is that's what happens when your team is bad. The question is, is this the worst team in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars? And the answer to that question is definitely yes. Well, here's an interesting stat, uh, Pete. To, I guess I, I hate to say back that up. This year, the average uh, in the nine-game losing streak, um, JP mentioned that the last one was in 2016. That was the year Gus Bradley got fired. Mm-hmm. The margin of defeat for this team is, I think, 15 and a half points. The margin of defeat for that team was 8.3 points. And so a whole t- they're getting beat by a whole touchdown more a game Double. Um, Double. than the last time this franchise had a nine-game losing streak. Yeah, it's the worst team. Uh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's by far the worst team. And there are going to be changes coming. And the question becomes, when do they come? And by the way, Jaguars Happy Hour has been nominated for Best Radio Show in the Folio Weekly Best of Jacks 2020. You can go vote as well. We could use as many votes as we can get. This is outstanding. It would be nominated. But check it out, at Folio Weekly on Twitter or folioweekly.com. Now to this week and the COVID-19 issues. They're popping up all over the league, of course, but this week the Jaguars coaching staff has been affected. Defensive line coach Jason Rebrovich missed last week's game due to COVID regulations, and now this week multiple Jaguars defensive coaches were forced to stay away from the building, and they'll miss this week's game. Defensive coordinator Todd Wash, Rebrovich, and defensive assistant Dwayne Stooks are all not available. Head coach Doug Marone explained the changes for Sunday's game. Joe Daniel called the defense. He's called the defense here uh, last year during the preseason. He's called them in the preseason games. I'm sure some in Atlanta, and he's done it at Georgia Southern. So, you know, obviously we've worked together. I've been on the phones with him. Uh, Tony Gilbert will coach the defensive line during the game. Tyler Wolf will go up in the box to take care of all his responsibilities. Now the coaches unavailable still led the virtual meetings throughout the week, but the practice field feel was a bit different. Special teams assistant Mike Mallory and Marone coached the defense this week. Linebacker Joe Schobert explained jokingly how Marone did in that role. 
Yeah, I think uh, Coach Brown did a great job bringing enthusiasm and, and energy to the defense today. Got the calls in uh, quickly and crisply, so that's all you can really ask for him. Uh, his coaching points in between snaps were not up to up to par what we're used to, but uh, everything else, I think he did a good job. In addition, kicker Chase McLaughlin is on the reserve COVID-19 list this week and will miss the game against the Browns. So Aldrick Rosas returns replacements. Another change. Yes, another one in the kicking game. It's hard to imagine. Let's move to the change at quarterback now for the Jags. After Jake Luton threw four interceptions in last week's loss to the Steelers, Mike Glennon gets the nod as the starter in Week 12. Marone explained his thought process Wednesday. I told Jake that, hey, um, you know, hey, we really appreciate everything, really like a lot of things that you're doing, but we're just going to take a step back and just kind of digest things for a while and just look at things and get you back on track. So uh, Gardner uh, said he's feeling good. He's still listed as limited on the report. I just feel like we can't get enough throws in during this week. I want him to have a full week of a full load of uh, work, you know, before I put someone in there. I don't have a problem with him, you know, backing up this week. And if he has to go in there for a quarter or half a game or whatever it may be, if something happens with Mike, you know, Mike will go ahead and he'll get the start. For Glennon, it's his first start in the league since week four of 2017 with the Chicago Bears. And from his perspective, it could be his last chance to prove he belongs. I got nothing to lose. I mean, I haven't been a starter in three years. I don't know when this opportunity is going to come again. I'm just going to go out there, have fun, let it rip, and, you know, see what happens. I mean, we're a one and nine football team, and I'm just going to do whatever I can to to help us win. But uh, I've been through some good. I've been through some bad. And, uh, you know, at this point in my career, I just want to kind of go out and, and play like I have nothing to lose. On Jaguars Happy Hour Wednesday afternoon, Bucky Brooks, John Ozier, and I reacted to the news and set expectations for Sunday. John, is he going to air it out? Apparently you think so. He's going to grip it and rip it, as Daly used to say, right? Just to, uh, And <laughs> he said, uh, I think a lot of people watch this show probably seen or heard his comment. He's got nothing to lose, and he knows it. He's an eight-year guy, last chance, the whole thing. Uh, I'm joking about grip and rip it, but I do think they'll throw, you know, and uh, when they do, let's see what he can do. It's been three years. He's wanting to stay in the league, so go for it, Buck. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a way to think about it, but you are right. He does realize this might be his last opportunity to really have a, a chance to start. So there shouldn't be any fear or hesitation from Mike Glennon. What does he have to lose? He's a quarterback of a one and nine team. Let it go because if you let it go, it may work out in your favor. Throw it up and hope. Well, let's go back. <laughs> Throw it up and hope, huh? Okay. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works out. Yeah. Um, so take us through. Let's rewind a little bit, Bucky. Scout's view of Glennon. What were some things that he did positively when he was starting? Obviously not enough of them. Um, what did he not do well to, to kind of get him out of that role the last time out in Chicago? You know, it's funny because, like, he was signed to a, a big deal in Chicago. We never really got a fair shake at it. Um, they signed him, and then they drafted Mitchell Trubisky. And so the clock was on him from the jump. When were they going to hand it to the young quarterback? And so when I look at Mike Glennon, he's an old-school, traditional, classic drop back passer. He has a big arm. He can make some throws. Um, the thing about it is, can he throw when the pocket is a little messy because he doesn't have the ability to really escape? And so for him, he has to be so precise in the pre-snap phase to be able to anticipate the blitzes and to be able to get the ball out of his hands before the rush can get home. Puts a lot on the veteran, but at times when he's streaky and hot, 
it works out. So we'll see which version of Mike Glennon shows up on Sunday. Jaguars happy hour, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on the Jaguars social channels. The Monday and Thursday show available on 1010 AM radio in Jacksonville. When we return, a Browns preview with Browns broadcaster Nathan Segura. A couple of offensive linemen discuss food. That's always entertaining. Plus, he will, he won't, he might. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. On Sunday, check out Jags at Home, an interactive second screen experience on Jaguars game days featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have a chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com for more information on how you can play and you can win. Thanksgiving is in the books, but there are still leftovers to be eaten, of course. Who better to ask about Thanksgiving food than offensive linemen, including A.J. Ken and Jawan Taylor. They caught up with Ashlyn Sullivan this week. Special edition for Thanksgiving with Jawan Taylor and A.J. Ken. And before we start, I have to wish a very happy birthday to Jawan Taylor. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So you both participated in Turkey Time with the O-Line, which was Andrew Norwell's foundation. So, AJ, I'll start with you, especially this year. What made you guys want to get involved in that? Uh, you know, I, last year, you know, I got involved and I thought it was a great idea. You know, Norwell brought it to our attention. And uh, you know, just, just a chance to get out there and help people, you know, who probably can't afford a, a, a meal on Thanksgiving, you know, get them a chance to, to, to have a meal on Thanksgiving. But the thing about this year was, you know, we wasn't allowed to hang out with the people and serve like we did last year. So I thought it was very important to at least have my, my foot in, in that somehow, you know, donate, don't help donate. So everybody can have the opportunity to have those meals again. We did do it last year. And like AJ said, we couldn't really interact with people this year, but we just wanted to give back to the people in need in the community. And, you know, just want to stay involved with the community, even though the pandemic's going on, we still want to find a way to do it. Very nice. You two still making an impact. All right. So we are going to debate Three Thanksgiving foods. I will start with you, AJ. Okay. Do you okay. like your turkey fried, your turkey baked in an oven, or are you one of those weird people that doesn't do turkey on Thanksgiving? Wow. You know I'm a weird person. I rather ham. Gosh, I knew it. Hmm. I, I, I gotta go. I'm a, okay. I, ham over turkey, but I have. But I must say, I've had it fried. It ain't too bad though. That's the way to do it. Yeah. So hmm. if I so if if I must say, I'm gonna say fried. It's the best way you go. Here's a chance to redeem yourself, AJ. <laughs> best Thanksgiving pie. Ooh, come on, man. Sweet potato. Sweet mm-hmm. potato pie. <laughs> <laughs> Juwan, you think the same? I'm thinking the same, either that or the pecan pie. But that sweet potato pie, definitely good. I'm talking to two of the right guys for this. <laughs> we, picked, we picked a good group today. All right, last one. We'll start with you, AJ. Cornbread, regular bread. Or dinner rolls? Cornbread. But don't put no corn in it. Cornbread <laughs> with no corn in it. Um, I would probably say the cornbread or the dinner roll. Um, probably a dinner roll for me. 
I'm glad we're all in agreement. Well, guys, have a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Let's get to this week's matchup. The Jaguars have lost nine in a row, and they'll try to snap the skid against the 7-3 and three Cleveland Browns, who have playoff aspirations. They're looking for their first postseason berth since 2002. Browns broadcaster Nathan Segura joined Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton on Jags Drive Time Wednesday to discuss the game and rehash a little history. Nathan, what is this defense without Garrett and without uh, Denzel Ward? Or is that what we find out on Sunday? I think we will find out. Uh, you know, uh, I was struck watching the Rams defense on Monday Night Football this week, taking on the Buccaneers. And you saw, well, there's Aaron Donald, the game wrecker up front. You got Jalen Ramsey. Well, what would that defense look, out, look like without those two guys? Uh, I don't know the answer to that either. For the Browns, the good news is up front, you've got some veterans. Last week with Miles Garrett out, now granted, it was against the Eagles who have given up the most sacks in the league, but Olivier Vernon, who has had a, a very strong career with Miami and the, and the Giants before joining the Browns, he came up with three sacks. Adrian Claiborne, a very solid veteran who once had nine sacks with the Falcons, he came up with a sack and a half, and, and Vernon also had a safety. So your front is still pretty good. Vernon and Claiborne, veterans on the outside. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, an excellent defensive tackle, and Larry Ogunjobi next to him. So your, your front is still pretty good. The questions come now in the secondary for the Cleveland Browns. And I'll start at cornerback because without Denzel, remember, Greedy Williams, last year's second-round pick, was supposed to be the other starting corner for the Browns. He's missed the entire season. The Browns have a great veteran in Terrence Money Mitchell. He will start at one quarterback. I would assume that Kevin Johnson, a former first-round pick of the Texans, who's come in and played very well for the Browns this year after a one-year stint with the Buffalo Bills on that playoff defense a year ago, will likely kick outside. What they do in the slot now, that I don't know. So that could be a matchup for Keelan Cole this week. Safety, I'll tell you what. Thank you, Jacksonville, for Ronnie Harrison. He has been an absolute stud for the Cleveland Browns. He's a little bit banged up. I know this one is circled for him. I know he wants to be out there. If he's out there, he's been a great playmaker for the Browns. Already has a pick six this year, gets his hands on the football, has been one of our top players. So this defense, it, you know, Joe Woods, what they've done very effectively this year is do some bend but not break. They do not give up big plays. They don't give up chunk plays at all. I think they've only given up two plays of more than 40 yards this year in the past. They don't give up the big runs either. So they make you kind of work your way down the field, and then they get turnovers. They generate turnovers, 17 turnovers for this Browns defense now that they have generated in 10 games. And that's really kind of been their formula for success. Now, as I said, we haven't seen that. We won't have Denzel. We won't have Miles. And Miles has been the best, I think, defensive player in the NFL this year. So it's going to be tougher. But this team has lost Nick Chubb for four games. It's lost Odell Beckham for four games. Wyatt Teller, the right guard, who is pro football folks, highest graded offensive lineman for multiple games. Austin Hooper for multiple games. Miles now for multiple games. They've dealt with injuries and they've overcome, which goes back to the original point. Kevin Stefanski gets these guys ready to play. People step up and, and Joe Woods has really kind of tuned into the strengths of the guys on the field when they're on the field. We shall see what's in store. Jaguars versus Browns here on Sunday in Jacksonville. Nathan, thanks so much for the time. We hope you have a great Thanksgiving and a hopefully staying warm up there in Cleveland. Certainly not staying warm. You guys stay safe. Have a happy Thanksgiving <laughs> as well. And I will say this, the Browns are cognizant. I don't know if you guys remember this. I do. 2014. The Browns go down to Jacksonville mm -hmm. after whooping the Steelers at home. And that was a game, I believe it was Blake Bortles' was quarterback and Shoelace Robinson was the running back, ran for 122 yards and the Browns <laughs> lost in Jacksonville. And so they are still talking about that because that put a little bit of a dent on the last time the Browns were a competitive team, 2014. 
The Browns mm-hmm. need to know they need to go down there and take care of business against the Jags. Denard Robinson had a big day that day, of course. We move now to Jaguars Happy Hour Wednesday for Big Game Jaguar with Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and yours truly. Time now for Big Game Jaguar. This is where we pick a Jaguar to have a big game on Sunday against the Browns. And uh, let's get started. You know, we're going to mix it up today. John Osher, get us started. Well, I went with Miles Jack because he's the only starter left on defense. No, he's. Uh, I went with Miles because <laughs> they're going to um, stopping the run is key, and everybody this week is talking about uh, Joe Schobert, and he's important. He's playing the Browns and all that. I get that, but it's also okay to not lose sight of the fact that Miles Jack on another team this year is a Pro Bowl linebacker, playing as well as anybody in the NFL. So. Uh, he will be key in terms of chasing down the Browns, in terms of corralling them. Overall, when he has played at a high level and been healthy this year, they've been a lot better, especially against the run, than when they haven't. So let's go with Miles Jack to force a fumble and uh, Miles Jack to recover it and not be ruled incorrectly down. Whoa! I, I like that. that. I like that. You're asking a lot, but I like that. Uh, I'm going to go next. And stopping the run is a theme. Yes. Two-headed backfield monster for the Cleveland Browns. So I'm going to go in the middle of the defensive line. Devon Hamilton. He's had some flashes the last few weeks, some big games. Uh, last week on the stat sheet, at least, did not break out. He only had one tackle. But he, as the season has gone along, started to figure things out, I think, a little bit more on the interior. Uh, Big body guy, as we've said before, he's not, you know, he's just stout, strong. Um, And I think you need that type of presence on the interior, especially this week against the two-headed running back backfield. So I'm going with Devon Hamilton. And we're going to let Bucky Brooks bring us on home as we head into Thanksgiving. What you got? Well, this has to be a personal game for Joe Schobert. So I want to make sure that I mention him because, look, even though he left as a free agent, anytime you play your old team, you add a little spice to the mix. And I think because this is a game where it should be an old school game where the Browns are going to try and run it, Joe Schobert should be all over the field. Double digit tackles and hopefully some of those on the other side of the line of scrimmage, not on our side of the line of scrimmage. There you go. Uh, Revenge game for Joe Schobert this week. The defense is beat up, but those three guys need to play big against the Browns' rushing attack this week. Now to the kicking issues for the Jags. Friday morning on Jags Drive Time with he will, he won't, he might. All right, John. Interesting choice here, but I'm liking it. I went with Aldrich Rosas, who is right now in the practice (laughs) squad, but he's going to be elevated as one of those uh, elevations on Sunday thereby setting another Jaguars record, becoming the 37th kicker that the team has used this season. He won't miss. <laughs> Brian, he's going to kick 11 field goals, setting another Jaguars record, getting the Jaguars 33 points. And he might he might just kick the game winner with that 11th field goal, giving the Jaguars kick the victory. He will. He won't. He might. Aldrich Rosas. Wow. Very realistic. You've thought long and hard about this, and I like it. A record-breaking day coming Sunday. Jags Drive Time airs Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on Jaguars' social channels.
So we're set for week 12. The 7-3 Cleveland Browns and the 1-9 Jacksonville Jaguars tee it up Sunday at 1 o'clock. On Radio Sunday, the Publix Tailgate Show kicks off at 10 a.m. CBS Sports play-by-play man Spiro Ditas joins us for insight to the changes for the Jags this week. Plus, wide receivers coach Keenan McCardell relives his Browns days and gives us insight to Keelan Cole's outstanding season. At noon, Jaguars Radio Network coverage takes over with countdown to kickoff. It's a 1 o'clock kick time, and of course, after the game, it's Jaguars postgame presented by TIAA Bank with yours truly, Mike Dempsey and Fred Taylor. And then we'll take your calls on the scoreboard show with NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. I'm J.P. Shatner. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.